We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to Bring the Juice. Uh, your guy Cody here, and on with us for the first time in a while, um, Mr. Justin Bowerly. Bowerly, I'm saying it right. I think I'm saying yep, it right. Nope. You got it right. You got it right. Cool. cool. I second guess myself for a second, but <laughs> anyway, man, welcome back onto the show. How are you? I'm good. You know, sometimes with my last name, I feel like Bobby Okereke. Like, <laughs> how do you? Is it Okereke? Okereke? You know, right? So. <laughs> I'm I'm just special, I guess. Yes. yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, what are, what's kind of the worst uh, the worst attempt you've heard on your last name? Oh, dude, there there's a lot of people that are just like just. I, I'm not even gonna say it. So, <laughs> uh, no, Burrell, Burelli, oh. Barley, Bar, 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 Yep. Yeah. It really just depends. Yeah. Well. Anyway, man, um, appreciate having you on. Unfortunately, under. Not as good of circumstances as we hoped the first two weeks of the season. The Colts right now at an 0-1-1 record. Really odd record right now. But here we are. Um, the Colts just come off of yesterday's, honestly, let's just call it what it is, beat down against the Jacksonville Jaguars, 24-0. to And so I think that has to have us beg the question, what in the world is going on with the Colts this year? Like, what is happening? You know, yeah, you know, I, I wish I knew at this point. Uh, we saw all offseason – Everybody was pretty much saying, you know, we need wide receivers, we need a left tackle, we need tight end, we need secondary help. I don't. I, we saw all these things in all off season. We like what we have in the room. We like what we have in the locker room right now. We like who's on the roster. We're just retooling some things. Glad to know after two weeks we were all right. I mean, at 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 this point, what is on the roster? Like there, there, not enough depth apparently. Like what in the world? And you know the thing that just just baffles my mind, man, is that this whole off season was about accountability, accountability, accountability. After Jacksonville, there has been zero accountability so far from the guys that you brought in. Nobody has done anything. Nothing seems to have changed from a year ago. And at the end of the day, it's like I don't even know like what to do at this point because you know you you think you've done all these things, and then now here we are, um, and. The game that we just witnessed yesterday was worse than the game that ended your season last year. So, like, what is going on with the leadership, man? Like, even from Frank Reich and company, like, it's just 
doesn't seem like the team's even motivated to go out there. Like they didn't seem like they wanted to play yesterday at all. It really didn't. Uh, and you could see the life pretty much taken out of them. Drive one. I mean that that floater to Ashton Doolin, which just got straight up picked. From there, it was all gone. I mean Heinz came. Heinz barely got the ball after that drive, uh, which kind of took a lot of a lot out of it. He was actually moving the ball. Uh, Matt Ryan looked his age. He looked older than his age. Uh, receivers weren't really playing at that point. Uh, we Jonathan Taylor touched the ball 10 total times between rushing and passing. That's an issue. Uh, the defense was on the field most of the game. I think we were looking at the sec- at halftime, and the Jaguars had the ball twice as long, uh, had twice as many plays, and four times, three times the amount of yards. There was no playing by the Colts yesterday, and we we talked about accountability. And last week, you know, after week one, we cut Hot Rod. That was the accountability measure there. Like, you know what? Hot Rod cost us, cost us to tie that game. Where's the accountability this week? Who's who's getting cut? Who's get who's in trouble right now? Because right now it seems like it's Frank Reich and maybe Gus Bradley too. Yeah, and it's just like unpreparedness two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, you get out yeah. 17 point deficits against what we would all have said a couple weeks ago inferior opponents, talent wise. You know, we thought, oh, you know, the Colts are better than Jacksonville. The Colts are better than Houston. And not just us, so many people had predicted that the Colts would win the division, that they would be the best team, um, even ahead of the Tennessee Titans. And so it's just like to see them lose, and especially yesterday, lose in that dramatic fashion. Where it was just like, you know, you would have thought that last year's, you know, embarrassment in Jacksonville that cost you the playoffs, you know, you got chewed out by your owner. You would have thought the team would have come with at least a little bit more motivation, but instead it seems like they came with less motivation. And I think you got to just blame, honestly, Justin, in my mind, every single aspect of this team from players to coaches to upper management. I think everybody deserves blame here. Let's talk about the players, man. Let's just talk about that real fast because you have all these guys who you've paid a lot of money to. You have Matt Ryan. You know, you have, gosh, I'm even like Ryan Kelly. You have Braden Smith. You know, you have, you know, DeForest Buckner who has zero quarterback hits through two games. You traded for Yannick Ngakwe. You You have Stephon Gilmore. Like you have all these guys and nobody is showing up right now. No, I mean, simple as that. No one is showing up. All these guys that you brought in, this this was the veteran leadership that you were bringing in to take a roster that was ready for the playoffs to get them into the playoffs and make a deep run. You bring in Matt Ryan because he's better than Carson Wentz. I don't know about that right now. Um, it's it's that's that's tough. You have an offensive line who's supposed to be the best offensive line. We're just missing the left tackle. Remember. What ha- I mean, Braden Smith looks like he's a rookie at this point. He looks worse than his rookie season. He was great the first couple seasons. He got that paycheck. And then what has he done since? Like, for real? Yeah. Stefan Gilmore. What's he doing? I don't I don't know. Yannick Ngakwe, you would think would be coming out wanting to get to Trevor Lawrence, wanting to show the Jaguars, like, y'all made a mistake. Looks like they didn't. All these guys have just been kind of duds this this season. I mean, we even have guys that have been on this team before. Uh, Kenny Moore really didn't show up yesterday. Julian no, Blackman what's the, what's dropped an interception like that, man. Like, come on, take accountability for that. You know, yeah. like that just did not sit well with me that he would do that. Regardless of how you feel about the scheme, that is not something you say publicly. 
Like, yeah. you just don't. So I just think, like, you know, just from a leadership standpoint, this guy was saying all offseason how he felt like he deserved more money. But, Justin, when's been a time, you know, recently when Kenny Morris puts, you know, what he thinks he deserves on the field? He hasn't. He got roasted the end of last year, and the first two weeks of this season, he's got the same deal, you know? We haven't really seen Kenny Moore beat Kenny Moore since Christmas. I mean, truthfully, the Arizona game was the last time we have seen the Colts look remarkably okay. And that was still not the greatest looking game. They had to come back. We, I mean, we had a lot of injuries, a lot of people on, COVID, on the COVID list that week. But that was the last time. The following week was the Raiders where we just fell apart in the end of the game there. Then, of course, the Jaguars, which honestly, week 18 last year looked better than yesterday. And then you got the Houston Texans game where we had one quarter of good play at the very end. And we hoped, you know, that would just carry over into this game. And that absolutely did not carry over. No, not at all. And it's hard, you know, especially when the guys that should be performing at a high level are struggling right now. And, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously the players deserve some of that blame. But let me ask you this question. How much do you put of that on the coaching staff? Because, you know, Frank Reich, you know, this team has consistently underperformed in Jacksonville in week one. And, and this team continues to be unprepared when it matters in the moments. Right. And I think that's what, for me, separates the okay teams, you know, the 500 teams, the playoff teams, and then the Super Bowl teams, you know, the people who do the small things well. And the Colts seemed like yesterday they couldn't do anything well. And in, in Houston, they couldn't do anything well up to that fourth quarter and part of overtime. So like, you know, the head coach, obviously, Gus Bradley, you mentioned, you know, what in the world was that? I don't know what that, you know, kind of game he was calling yesterday, but, you know, Trevor Lawrence got pressured 10% of his dropbacks, which is like the lowest he's ever been pressured in his time in the NFL. And, and that's just insane for a team that you thought was investing so much, and they have invested so much into the defensive line, into getting better at pass rush. It has not paid dividends at all right now. No, it really hasn't. Uh, I mean, you you, you got to start a coaching. I mean, you can put all the players on the field that you want, but coaching has to get it done with what's put on the field. The team overall looks like it should be there. They should be on paper. They are a good team. And I don't know how much of that is, you know, we're missing Shaq Leonard. We're missing, we missed Michael Pittman. I don't think two guys would have done a difference in yesterday's game. Maybe a little bit, but not that big of a difference. There was something flawed there. Trevor Lawrence has played us three times. Trevor Lawrence has dominated the Colts three times. But how many other teams in the NFL has he actually dominated? I Yesterday's win for the Jaguars is probably going to be maybe one of three or four wins for them the entire season. And the second one's probably going to be against the Colts. I mean, I, I hate to say it that way, but if you're looking at the next four weeks, when we play the Jaguars next, it's we got three tough games before we go to play the Jags. Maybe it's... Uh, he, Maybe that's where you finally kick in the gear because you've played better teams. I don't know. But the coaching has to be there. That leadership starts at Frank Reich. It, then it drops down to the the coordinators. Gus Bradley's defense looked awful. There there was nothing good about it yesterday. For, again, Trevor Lawrence cooked yesterday all day. There was not a, not a second he didn't. And it, no leadership at all, period. I mean, not from a single position, not from a single coach. It, and it just jar it just like bothers me how it feels like 
and maybe this is just my perception of it, but it feels like Frank Reich doesn't have somebody in the room that can challenge him on plays. Like when Nick Sirianni was in the room a couple of years ago, it felt like he was a guy that would push back on Reich. And ever really ever since Sirianni has left, I feel like the Colts offense has gotten way too predictable, way too cute. And it's not like they have necessarily always been bad because the Colts did have a pretty decent offense last year. And in week one, they were the number one offense. But like in critical situations, the Colts have gotten a lot worse since 2020, Justin. I'm just going to say that. They've gotten a lot worse, partly in due probably to the obvious decline of of the uh, offensive line from when you know Dave DeGugliamo his first year with Indianapolis in 2018 seems like every year the offensive line has gotten progressively worse of course you've lost Costanzo in that time you've lost a guy like Mark Glowinski you've lost Chris Reed last year who I thought was a good player what is the deal with this, this offense right now that was just completely I think inept is too kind of a word but what is the deal with this offense right now well, I mean, you you got to look at the core. I mean, the core is still there. You still have Quentin Nelson. You still have Ryan Kelly. You still have Braden Smith. That's three of the five positions. You're, yeah, the left tackle is an issue. That's that's a big issue. and It has been an issue since Casanzo. The right guard, Pinner, Glowinski, Reed, they're all the same in my opinion. But Pinner hasn't been the worst part of this about this offensive line, though, this year. I, I still would blame a chalk that up to Braden Smith. And I don't know if that's, you know, him having to cover for Penner also, but it, it has been a drastic decline. Luckily you still have a guy like Jonathan Taylor that can still run the ball for 160 yards in a game. If you give him the ball, that's right. the problem is that there was no chance that he actually got the ball again. He had 10 touches yesterday. Yeah. 10. And, that's an issue. What, what's the deal with Naheem Hines barely getting in the game too. You, you even said Frank Reich was quoted and mic'd up and saying, you're going to want to draft Naheem Hines in your fantasy team. You know, where was he? Like what in the world, especially when you're down two of your top two receivers, you to give mm-hmm. Naheem Hines, like, I think it was like 30% of the snaps to get, put that in, in perspective here, Justin Bernard Ryman, who's the Colts right now, the Colts backup left tackle got as many snaps of the offense as Naheem Hines did yesterday. That is absurd yeah. to me. Yep. That is ridiculous. Like, you know, it's like the Colts are almost like they outsmart themselves way too many times. You know, it's like they make easy things a lot more difficult on themselves because they have talented players at certain positions. They have Naheem Hines. They have Jonathan Taylor. They have Michael Pittman. But they still were terrible last year or last game in the red zone, too. So, like, it's obviously you know, the personnel has changed, but the Colts have continued to kind of stink it up in the red zone. And when it matters in critical moments, you know, and the, and that was supposed to be something that was supposed to be good this year, because you know you go out and get athletic guys like Jelani Woods, you have Kylan Granson, you have Mo Ali Cox, you go out and get Alec Pierce, Michael Pittman is tall as well. You have five receivers that could be on the in in the play. Yet we made it to the red zone twice in the fourth quarter and walked away with zero points. I mean that, that you have three tight ends that are literally taller than every defender out there and you still can't get the ball to them in the end zone. It's just, it's dumb. It's just dumb play calling way too cute to play calling. And in the last thing, I think we got to put the blame on, man, we got to talk about Ballard and what he has not done. He has not got a veteran wide receiver, which I don't know where you are on that or where you've been, but I've been all, all over like, yes, you need to get a veteran guy in there because as good as Alec Pierce might be, 
He is a rookie at the end of the day. And what happens if Michael Pittman, like yesterday, goes out? You have absolutely nobody at the other wide receiver position that has any provenness at all. Yeah. You, know, you can't rely on guys like Paris Campbell and Ashton Doohan. As much as I like Ashton Doohan and thought he had a decent game yesterday, you are foolish, Chris Ballard, for not addressing wide receiver. And people are like, oh, you take what the market gives you. But we'll look at Jarvis Landry, signed for, what, $3 million? Like, there's guys out there that can make you a better football team. And it just seems like Chris Ballard, this offseason especially, has neglected to address important positions like left tackle properly or wide receiver or even getting a veteran tight end. Kicker, yeah, you know, that hurts you last week. It just seems like there's a lot of negligence there. And you let guys like, you know, Mark Glowinski and, you know, Chris Reed go, guys who were far from the problem on your offensive line, you let them go for some odd reason on, for pennies on the dime, for pennies on the dollar. You let them go for virtually nothing. And I just don't understand why you do that. It doesn't make any logical sense to me why they did that. This, this frugal, frugal Ballard thing is going to be an issue, and it, it has been an issue, and it's going to continue to show as an issue, and it's probably going to get him fired one day. Um, probably by the end, of, probably at the end of the season, to be honest with you, if you do need a veteran, though. Um, I mean, we, we talked about all these other positions, Yannick, Stefan, Matt, all these other veterans that we brought in here to lead the team that are not showing up. They're not leading the team like we all thought they were going to at this point. But at, there's a difference between a veteran that's supposed to lead the team and a veteran that's there to actually make the plays. And that's what you need is that veteran that's actually going to make the plays. They don't have to lead in the locker room. They don't have to lead on the field. They just got to go out there and catch the freaking ball. But we don't have those guys there. We don't have that reliable target that Matt can go, oh, hey, there's that guy, and just throw them, throw them the ball. I wasn't really on the board of getting Julio Jones. A, I didn't want Matt Ryan in the first place, but why bring Julio Jones in? But he has chemistry with Matt Ryan, so why not find somebody that you have chemistry with? If Andrew Luck was on the team, yeah, bring T.Y. back because they have the chemistry, but... Every quarterback is going to be situational. If you have Aaron Rodgers, I want to bring in Devontae Adams. It's just it's it's that kind of situation. Julio Jones going to become Julio Jones just by being Julio Jones. Matt Ryan fed him the ball that whole time. So bringing in somebody that has that ability, that has that chemistry with a with your quarterback is good. But when you're looking at the wide receiver room and the the most experienced person on the field was Paris Campbell, who hasn't played a full season or even a half of a season in his entire career, that that's your wide receiver one going into the game because your wide receiver one's hurt. You got some issues. Mm. It just it's just negligence to me at this point, man. It's just like how could everybody else see that that was an issue except for the guy that gets paid millions to do it? I, I just don't quite understand what the what the thought was, you know? Because as good as Matt Ryan could be and has shown to be in the past, it's foolish to put all that pressure on Matt Ryan to try to basically cover up some of the inexperience at wide receiver or even lack of talent, you could call it now, at wide receiver. It just seems so silly to me. Like, why would you bring Matt Ryan in to not support him well? And it just seems like the Colts have just not done that, you know? Um, you know, Matt Ryan came here because, you know, he felt like he had a shot at a Super Bowl. He felt like he had a shot at, you know, one last chance here. And I don't know what the deal is, man, but, like, for whatever reason, all these players that the Colts have invested a lot in, they have not supported Matt Ryan at all. And Matt Ryan's not blameless either. He's had his issues too. He was awful yesterday in Jacksonville. He deserves the blame on that. But at the end of the day, man, it's just like 
you know, all three of these phases have failed. The players have failed. Um, you know, the coaching staff has failed with some very questionable things they've done. And then the GM has failed for not putting enough talent in the key positions. So I think threefold, all these, all these things need to be held accountable. Um, and I don't know how you feel, Justin, just overall about this team in the future, but I think a lot of Colts nation are not confident at all in the direction this team is going right now. And the leadership the Colts have in there right now with Reich and Valor. No, I, I, I'm one of those. Uh, I think Frank Reich went from a lukewarm seat to a warm seat by the end of the first quarter to a, a flame, like a, a red hot seat at the, at this point. Had, if Ursay was one of those guys that makes changes during the season, I would have expected an announcement today that we no longer have a head coach and that we're going with an interim. And honestly, the Raiders made the playoffs last year with a, an interim head coach for most of the season. If the Colts roster is really that good and Ballard is as good as he says he is and has put the talent on the field, get a new coach in there. Change it up at this point. It's like it or can't least, hurt, you know? Yeah. It, it, what's it going to hurt his pride? Like our pride, like, are we just going to get worse? I mean, what's worse than Oh, one and one Oh, two Oh, and two, I should say, I guess it's the, the team's gone. I mean, at this point, and I mean, you got the chiefs coming up, then you got the Titans, then the Broncos. We're yeah. looking at Oh, four and one. And that's a real issue. I mean, right. And if, if you get back to, to playing against Jacksonville and you even remotely struggle in that game. What's the point? Like, what is the point at that point? And you might as well throw Shaq on IR rest him for the entire season. Let his back get fully healthy. I don't even care if he's at a hundred. I don't care if he's at 99% today. Like what's the point of risking injury at this point? It's just, it's weird because like I, you know, I either want them to commit to one thing, either they're going to be really good and they're going to compete or, you know, they're going to be really bad. And, I, you know, let's finally get a freaking quarterback that we can draft and develop and build around. You know, like how – and I think that's an indictment on Ballard too, man, is like he has been scared. Let's just call it what it is. He has not drafted a quarterback, you know, beyond the fourth round since he's been here. He need you know, he needs to take that chance at some point, you know, because he can't – this Band-Aid approach cannot and will not work long term. It will not. And for a guy that has talked all about sustained success over multiple years, the one position that's the most imp- important position in football, he has failed to address long-term. And he's had opportunities. Let's not act like he hasn't had opportunities. He has had opportunities, and he's chosen to use his resources elsewhere. So, I yeah, it's at this point, man, I'm just kind of like, I don't even, know, don't even know how to feel about this team right now because there still are 15 games left. A lot can change. A lot can happen. But it just seems like the players have were checked out yesterday. And that is a big issue, man, if players are already giving up on <laughs> week two, you know? Like, did you get that feeling that maybe like team like there's players that were almost like silent? I don't want to say protesting, but like it was clear something was off. Something was definitely off. I don't know if it's the whole Jacksonville thing. We go to Jacksonville and now eight years in a row we can't beat Jacksonville on the road. Something was off. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you finally have a team that is holding players accountable by cutting Hot Rod. And now, like, they all just gave up. Like, they were not in that game at all. I mean, they, no. they truthfully weren't. And at this point, like, like you're saying, I mean, they, they can't even address the quarterback position. You're not 
last year's draft wasn't the draft to get a quarterback at that point, but it was it was one to get the wide receiver. Unfortunately, just none of the rookie wide receivers has really popped off this year. I mean, maybe Chris Olave has done well, but again, he was early first round. We weren't even there. So I'm 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 really curious to, to see how the rest of the season goes. If Chris Ballard is even here by the end of the season, if Frank Reich is even here at the end of the season. Right. It's not it's not looking good. Like I mean, it, truthfully, it's just not looking good. There, there's nothing good to say. And I, I wish I wish there were good things to say about the game last night or yesterday. But <laughs> no, not I can't even think thing. of two things. No. It's just it's wild, man. I I, I was like I wasn't shocked that they lost in Jacksonville because I didn't trust Frank Reich as a coach to win that game, but I was shocked that they just gave up. Like that's just something that we haven't really seen. You know, as much as I like to rag on Frank Reich, and I think he deserves a lot of the blame that he gets. Like his teams don't trip typically give up like that. You know, you don't you haven't mm-hmm. really seen that. Um, so this is kind of a new trend, and it's a scary trend because it's like this team isn't showing any fight anymore at all. And, and that's a problem, man. No. That's a problem. That's further than just talent, you know, not performing. That That's a culture issue right there, in my opinion. So I don't know, man. It, it's it's getting to the point where I definitely think their seats are red hot. And I think if, if this continues, they are clearly not going to be here next season. Yeah. You know, and, and like you said, if Jim Ursay, uh, you know, if he was any different owner, I, I think, uh, you know, there's some changes probably would have been made today. But Jim Irsay is traditionally not a guy that, you know, is uh, is a guy that that cuts, you know, a coach midseason, you know, but no, he's not. And sometimes that's the unfortunate thing, because he does get really passionate about the Colts. And he, he we all see those tweets. We all see those videos on the airplane. I just wish those came earlier than January at this point. But what what is going to hurt by making changes? Even if you don't get rid of Frank Reich, tell Frank Reich, you're not calling plays anymore. I don't care. Give it to Marcus Brady. Let him call plays. Give it to somebody else. Give it to Reggie Wayne. I don't care at this point. We need some kind of change. Put Sam Ellinger out there occasionally. Throw, like Make him the Taysom Hill of the Colts offense. I don't know what to say or do at this point. <laughs> just there needs something. to be some kind of changes. Anything, you can't just right. keep run, running out doing the same thing. You can't so. do the same old, same old. And, you know, I think you, and, and it even increases the need to sign. I think the Colts have to sign some sort of veteran at wide receiver or tight end. Like they yeah. have to get something this week. And if they don't, you know what? They're just digging their own grave even further. And like, I'm just come. It's sad to say that, but I've kind of come to that point where I'm like, if Chris Ballard is going to be too hard headed to get over himself, then he deserves to be canned. And like, I don't, I hate calling for people's jobs like that. But like, you know, part of the job is to figure things out. And if he's not going to be willing to figure it out to admit that he was wrong, then that's a him issue and he's going to pay the price for it. So that's yeah. kind of where I stand on it. Uh, Justin, do you have any other last thoughts here? Thank you to everybody who is listening to this, by the way, over 300 people that you guys are awesome. Thank you. Uh, Justin, do you have any last thoughts here just kind of on this team in general? Anything else that we maybe didn't touch on that you want to talk about? I... A little bit. I, I will say Titans play tonight, Monday Night Football. And if they lose tonight, the Colts are tied for second with the Texans, who are also 0-1-1. But if all Colts fans want change and the Colts desperately need a change at this point, you kind of hope for the Titans to win because you're not going to get change at second place in the division. You're going to be like, oh, we were so close to getting first. Let's just keep trying to get better. Let's get first. There's no going to be no change unless you're third or fourth in division, and really not unless you're fourth in the division. So 
everybody listening, if you uh, hate me for that, I'm sorry. But realistically, the Colts aren't going to get better until they get worse. Yeah, I, I would rather be outright terrible and get a chance at getting a franchise quarterback yeah. than be middle of the pack. Like I, I would, I would rather do yeah. that than be in quarterback purgatory. Eight, eight and one is not going to be acceptable either. I, I want to see a, a three win season or a deep playoff run. There's no in between at this point. Yeah, it's just weird. It's just the culture in a weird spot because they've shown things like sometimes, like very briefly, but they've shown like okay, like you know they they can they had an offense a little bit last game. Okay, their defense showed up somewhat, but they haven't done it consistently at all, and clearly not yesterday. Uh, so it's just kind of like what? Where do we go from here? I just I'm just kind of just like I don't know, man. Everybody deserves blame, but like. What do you do? How do you change things up? Something needs to change, but what do you do? You know, I don't know what the answer is. I would say I would like to see a couple of guys um, get benched and a couple other guys get you know playing time. I want to see. I don't want to see Matt Pryor at left tackle ever again. I want Bernard Ryman to get that opportunity. Mine as well. Uh, what's going what, to what's going to happen right as well? Right? Yeah. Like why not? You know, it can't get worse. Yeah, um, exactly. At this point, you're not getting worse. You're only going to maybe improve a little bit. So. And like those guys are young, like why not give them an opportunity? Um, and then I would say also, where the heck is Isaiah Rogers at on this defense? Bench Brandon face on it right now and get Isaiah Rogers more snaps. Like, I don't understand what's so difficult about that. Continues to get zero snaps defensively. It just makes no sense to me why they're doing that. Um, you know, change some things up, get some more guys in the rotation, do some things that you know, you haven't done so far throughout the season and see what works. I don't think you can do much worse than you did yesterday. So, mm -hmm. all right, cool. Uh, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. If you haven't yet, be sure to smash that like button. Be sure to subscribe. Uh, Justin, before we go, let the people know where they can find you at. Well, if you like my, uh, uh, my commentary, uh, I can be found on Twitter at Justin Barley. Uh, I'm also on the Say It Again Colts podcast. Um, and if you didn't like any of that, um, I'm not on social media at all. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how it is, man. Social media, uh, today has been it's great. This is we expected a war zone, um, in the attack of Frank Reich, especially it seems it's been rough. Man, yesterday. Yep. <laughs> I get it. I, I get it. I understand why we're all sharing that frustration right now with yeah. how this team has just failed to show up. You know, been hyped up all year, like, oh, this year's going to be different, and nothing has changed seemingly. So I get it. I understand. Um, I would say, guys, just keep the pressure on, you know? Like, let's not give him a pass, man. I, I don't care anymore. Like, I, I don't know where you're at, Justin, but it's like, I feel like there's been way too many excuses for this Reich and Ballard regime at this point. It's like, it's like at the end of the day, this team has one playoff win, two playoff appearances, uh, zero division titles, zero wins in week one, and zero wins in Jacksonville since they've taken over. Yep. I would call that a failure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it really is. I, yeah. There's it nothing is. To look it is. It's hard to say that because, you know, these guys are likable guys. Like, they are. You know, the, I think these guys have things you like about them, but at the end of the day, results speak everything. The results tell all. The results have not been there for Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. So, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts in the comments, in the chat, all those things uh, on Frank Wright, Chris Ballard, the players. This whole team needs to be held accountable. Let me know your thoughts on that. 
But that'll do it for this one. Thank you, Justin, for coming on. Always a pleasure, my friend. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.